spot today. You're in the right room, in the right church, in the right time. I prayed for you this week. I said, Lord, I said, whoever needs to be in here for what you've laid upon my heart, what you've laid out here, because it's his message, it's his words. It's not Pastor Chris. I said, uh, you see that they get here. Whoever needs what we're going to talk about today. So I prayed for you. I've seen some of your faces, but I'm so excited. I'm so glad you're here today. I am genuinely glad you're here. I hope you know that. Uh, uh, we were talking about worshiping him with all our hearts. And a quick little story, my, my little boy, he's four years old, his name's Christian, and uh, he's, he's so inquisitive now, he, he's just he asking questions and wanting to know about everything, and, and Jerry, my wife, got him a book about the human body, and it, it's one of those books, you know, and he's fascinated by this, where it shows the man, you know, like with the skin on, and then with the next page, it's without the skin, it shows the veins, and then it shows the muscles, and then it shows the organs. He's just fascinated by that at four years old. It kind of is crazy, but we, we're, I'm going through that with him, and I'm describing everything, and we got to like the middle of the book, and it had the heart there, just a picture of the heart. He's never saw it like that with all the, the, the valves and things, and he's like, what's that, Daddy? And I said, that's the, that's the heart. That's what the heart looks like. And he looks at it, and he's looking, and he says, where's Jesus? Isn't that precious? Where's he? Jesus is in our heart. That's what he knows, and yet he was looking. He's a four-year-old now. He's looking. So next morning, Jared gets up. He wants to go through that book with her, and they get to that page, and, and he asks her the same question. He's like, is he in those vows? Where is he, Mommy? I don't see him in there. Jesus is in our heart, right? This is the most wonderful time of the year, Amen. I could sing it for you. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time. Why? Because everyone's experiencing a little bit of what we get to experience all year round, every year. You know that? I mean, you do know. I mean, you can look at Christmas two different ways. You can look at it like all oh, the pressures of everything that have to, to be done and hustle bustle. Or you could look at, you know... I like to tend to look at the positive and that people are a little bit more friendlier. They maybe open doors for people. They don't usually do it. Say hello to people. Merry Christmas and, and, and all those things. Why? Because the light, <laughs> the light, the love of God that we have. In John 10.10, 10, I prayed that, that that life in abundance to the full till it overflows into this dark world. And Christmas is just a great time. It's, a, it's one of my favorite times of the year. I love Christmas. But it, uh, we have such a great opportunity, guys, to share with people, just being nice, loving on them, making divine connections with people, and uh, to just share with them what we get to experience all the year long. Isn't that exciting? Okay? And, and one, you know, Emmanuel, uh, what they don't know that we do know is God is with us. He's with us right here in this room. He's not out yonder. He is right here. He's inside you and me. And Christian, just like he knows that Jesus is in there, we know God is right here today. So you're in the perfect place. And he's going to speak to you today. That's what's even more awesome, that God Almighty, and, and, and what's even more awesome than that, he would speak through Chris Palmer. <laughs> that, that's pretty crazy. But uh, I've, uh, let's just open up in prayer. I'm going to give him free reign. If he wants to go a different direction, I'm fine with that too, Father. We thank you and praise you for healing service on Thursdays. I thank you for each person that's here today, Lord. I thank you that it is a divine appointment. 
And I thank you, Lord, for impartation today, Lord. We come with open ears, open eyes, and open hearts, ready to receive from you, Lord. We want it all. And whatever that is, Lord, whatever you would want to share today, I pray that it comes out clearly and precise, Father. I thank you that, that you use me, Lord. I, you have full reign in this service today. Do with it as you will. Your will be done. Less of me, more of you. I thank you that I remain humble and meek before you, Father. I hear your voice, and I thank you that it blesses each one. I, only you can speak to each one of these people today individually, Father, and meet each individual need. For the, We know there's many needs here, Father. You know that. But yet you directed them here today for such a time as this. And you've given us your word, which is eternal, and it, it always is. It, it pertains to us each and every day. And we just thank you and praise you, Holy Spirit, now that you guide and lead us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, what we're going to do, unless the Lord takes me off somewhere differently, we're going to continue on the series, Disciplines of Faith. And if you've been here for a while, I've been, I've been on this for a little while, and we're going to continue on it because it has directly to do with healing service and healing and, and uh uh, it has to do with everything because we live by faith, we walk by faith, we're faith people, uh, we're, we belong to a faith church. But we're looking at the disciplines of faith, and Paul calls them in Romans 4.12, the steps of faith. So, obviously, there's more than just one step, and he tells us that we are, be going from going, we are to be going from faith to faith and glory to glory. So, we're, we're going up some steps, we're going up the stairwell, and he calls them steps of faith. I like to refer to them as the nuts and bolts of faith. Okay, But faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So that's how it pertains to healing service. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Okay, Our faith. Okay, And so if you have a sickness, if you have a disease, if something's ailing you, if something's trying to come against your body, your faith, the faith that God's giving you, it's his, and he's given it to you, can overcome that. It can come overcome anything in this world. That's good news, right? That is good news that we have the faith that overcomes the world. So if you missed any of the last teachings, you can go back and get those on CDs and get caught up. I'm just going to do a quick review because I really want to get right into the meat of the message today. Discipline, or step number one, was to submit to the word of God, put God's word first place. Okay, You have to put God's word first place and submit to the word of God. For without doing that, you will not understand or you won't even be aware of all the other steps. That is the first step. Okay, Submitting to the word of God and giving God first place. For only in God's word will you find all the other disciplines and steps of faith. Discipline in step number two was to acknowledge him in all our ways. Acknowledge him in all ways. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is the verse that goes along with that. You could use Matthew 6:33 with step and discipline number one. But just as our example, and our example is Jesus. God didn't leave us without an example. I mean, he gave us, he gave us his word, but then he also gave us an example to look at. We could see how Jesus, what he said about things how he did things, how he reacted with other people. He's our example. And what Jesus did was he found himself in the Word. Okay, He found himself what the Word said about him. And then he conferred, he acknowledged the Father on what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And you and I are to do it the same way. 
in, in acknowledging God in all our ways. You can look at that and say, in all our ways, Pastor Chris, what's that mean? Can I, what do you mean, in all our ways? All that is is conversing with God before you talk to people, before you make any decisions, before you do anything. Hey, Father, how would you want me to do it? What would you want me to say to this person? Should I even talk to this person? Should I go there today, Father? Should I do this today? How would you want me to do it? Acknowledging God in all our ways. It's, it's not complicated. And, and, and when you start doing this and applying that to your life, you find out the more you do it, uh, you, don't know, you don't know how you ever did it without it. <laughs> you don't know, I mean, you don't want to make decisions without checking in with God. You know, you don't want to do that. And it's been such a privilege for me to learn that principle, especially working here and ministering to people, because I don't have the answers. I don't know what most of the people are coming in for. But I've always acknowledged God and said, Lord, you need to give me the words to say to this person. You need to be able to just be able to tell me how I can minister to them. And it's such a privilege to acknowledge God and then have him speak to you and then see someone's life get turned around. There's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than having somebody come in all downcast and downtrodden, and then you acknowledge God, and God gives you the words to be able to bless that person and see them walk out differently than when they come in. That's, that's the blessing of God, and, and you all, we all can do that. So that was discipline, or step number two, and I refer to step and discipline number two is prayer. It's just prayer, acknowledging God in all our ways, and prayer isn't something mystical it's just talking and conversing with god that's all the prayer is it's 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 a lot more than that but i mean that's what when you break it all down it's just prayer acknowledging god in our ways discipline and step number three was to stay in love stay in love you can do discipline number one you can do discipline number two and if you're walking out of love you won't get results okay it's so important because our faith the faith that overcomes the world, the faith is the victory that overcomes the world, operates and functions by love. So it's a good indicator if you're standing on God's word and you're acknowledging him in all your ways and things aren't going the way that you see they should be in the Bible, then you, a good indicator is that, am I walking in love or am I walking out of love with somebody? Meaning like, uh, am I ta- have I taken offense? Am I walking in unforgiveness? And this is a biggie, guys. This is a real biggie. Just the same as your car cannot operate without gasoline, and this body cannot operate without food, faith operates and functions by love. It's a good indicator of where you're at. If you're missing it and coming up short, check and see where your love walks at. And then correct it. It's that easy. God is love. He'll help you with that. Step or discipline number four was watch your mouth. And that's the one we've been on for a while. Watch your mouth. You might say, well, Pastor Chris, why are we on this one so long? I think this is number three, uh, the third session. And I'm hoping that, in fact, the more I look at it, it's probably going to be one more on this one. But why this is so important, guys, is watching your mouth is because you can do discipline number one, is you can put God's word first place. You can do discipline number two and acknowledge in him in all your ways. And you can be walking in love and then undo everything with this little mouth, this tongue. And we're going to see today the importance of our words. We're going to see what this mouth can do for us and maybe what it's been doing against us. But in the power of the tongue is life and death, blessing and cursing. And and we're going to look at that today. So uh, 
your words are very powerful, and the tongue is a mighty member in this body. So, uh, just a, a couple scriptures that we already looked at, but so important that I, I just always come back to them as we as we stay on this step is Proverbs 21:23, and here's what it says. You don't have to turn there. Maybe just write them down because we're going to go through these kind of quickly till we get to the, the message of today. Is whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. And we know this, we've studied this many times, and maybe there's somebody here who doesn't know today, but your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Well, check this out. If we, if we put that in there, whoever guards his mouth and tongue, put a guard on this little member that we have here, and tongue keeps his soul, or we could say keeps his mind from troubles. I don't know about you, but if I could keep this mind from racing and thinking on bad thoughts or thinking thoughts contrary to the word of God, I'd be sitting pretty. I'd be looking. I'd be. I'd be doing good. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from or his will from troubles. We want not our will, but his will to be done. Right? We can do that by watching and guarding our mouth and our tongue. But here's another one. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. We know that our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. Well, we know that sometimes emotions, emotions are good. God gave us emotions, but he never meant for emotions to rule us or dictate to us what our outcome was going to be. Did you catch that? We're not to be governed by our emotions. So, if, you know, and, and we've all been there, uh, and, and this is, you know, nobody's pointing any fingers. We're, we're tweaking and getting turned the way God wants us to be. He's going to show us some things today, and we're teachable. We want to know. We want to advance. We want to go up to the next discipline or stuff. If I can guard my mouth and my tongue, I can keep my emotions in check. I can keep my emotions from troubling me. Well, man, that one little verse right there tells me that I can control. I can have control over my mind, my will, and my emotions just by controlling what's coming out of my mouth. So this is a biggie, right? Because this is affects our life. We can see this. And I would say to you, and I'll probably come back up in this message again, we'd save ourselves a lot of grief just by zipping it up. <laughs> you know, just zipping that thing up. I'm speaking to myself here, you know, I'm trying to get better at that. that I don't have to enter into every conversation, and I don't have to just spout off at whatever. Just zip that thing up. It's, it's better. And Jesus is our example, and he, he didn't mix words, and he didn't speak out of line. In fact, he spoke very few words. In fact, they wanted him to speak more, and he wouldn't do it because he was keeping that thing in check. So, your life today, we already talked about this, but your life today is the result of the words you spoke yesterday. And we're going to see that some people have a hard time understanding that because they're saying, man, there's a lot of things going wrong in my life. And, and first of all, we don't want to blame God because it sure isn't God. John 10.10 10 says, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So there's our dividing line. If it's coming to steal, kill, and destroy, it's the enemy. So your life today is a result of the words you spoke yesterday. And we're going to see how our, our words can give place to the enemy to work or can give place to God and the angels to minister and to work on our behalf. So if you don't like where your life's at today, you're looking at your life and say, man, you know, I got this problem in my body. You know, I'm not thinking straight. Things aren't going. Relationships are out of whack some areas. Then 
you can change it. This is good news. All these things that we're talking about, you can receive them two ways. You can say, ouch, <laughs> why are you talking about that? Because I know that pertains to me where these all pertain to all of us. Or you can look at it and say, wow, I can see now how I can change that. And if you don't like your life right now, you don't like what's happening and taking place in your life, you can change that by the words that are coming out of your mouth. You can change that. You can change that by this little organ called a tongue in your mouth. So uh, that's what we're going to look at today. Our words are the number one indicator of our faith. So if you say, well, I don't know if I have enough faith or I wish I had faith and more faith to do this and to that. Well, your words are the number one indicator of your faith, and it's just a good checkpoint. I mean, these are all good indicators that God give, gave us through the Word, and we're going to look at them, okay? That if I want to know where my face at, I need to listen what's coming out of my mouth. And, and if it's not lining up with the Word of God, then it's an easy correction. I'm just going to change my words. I'm going to get back into the Bible, do step number one, put God's Word first place. I'll do step number two, acknowledge Him in all my ways. I'll walk in love, and I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm watching my tongue. My tongue, I will not let anything proceed out of this mouth that does not line up with the Word of God. Now, it sounds easy, but it's difficult. We all know that. No matter how long we've been in here, we're going to look and see what James says about the tongue. And uh, we're going to look at that a little closer. Now, last time we met, God gave us a great example. If you didn't get this, I'd really ask that you go get that CD because he, he gave us an example about what we're talking about with Father Abraham. And he is the father of our faith. And we looked at that Abraham was in some difficult circumstances. I mean, him and, and Sarai, Abram and Sarai wanted a baby, and they were 100 years old and 90-some years old. And by all means... Uh, you're not going to have a baby when you're 90 and 100 years old. And the, and the medical field and everybody, you know, just natural things would say, that cannot be done. You might be in that position today. You might be right there today say, where people are saying, you know, giving you a bad report, saying it can't be accomplished, it can't be done. But this is the example that God gave us was Father Abraham, the father of our faith, that he said, I want you to change your words. I want you to change the image on the inside of you. And nobody said it would be easy. Nobody's saying, Pastor Chris isn't saying it's going to be easy. But God give us a way out. He's given us a way to do these things. And, and he said, I want you to change your name to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah, the father of many nations, the mother of many nations. And I want you two to call each other Abraham now and Sarah instead of Sarai. And so he heard those things. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God gave the word. They heard each other calling each other those names. They had other people calling them Abraham now, and I'm sure they thought they, the old man was off the rocker there. Father of many nations, at 100, and you think you're going to have a baby? Come on, Abraham, who do you think you are? But they went along with him, and he heard that, and he heard that, and he heard that till it dropped down into his heart. And then it wasn't an instant manifestation. He didn't just have a baby when God said, you will be with child and be a father of many nations. But he stood on it. And he, he heard that word, and when it dropped from here and from the ears down into the heart, it was only a matter of time before a manifestation came. So that's an encouraging word to you and I, that we can change our circumstances. circumstances. And no matter how difficult and how far out there we might be, whether it's in debt, whether it's in uh, broken relationships, whether it's in a, a bad report regarding our, our, our body, 
uh, in our families, whatever, nothing is too difficult for our God. Nothing. And all things are possible to us who believe. Abraham took God at his word, and, and he ended up having a baby. And you and I are here because of faithful Abraham. Okay, the lineage was passed down. So, this is where we're going to pick it up. That was just the introduction and a recap there. But uh, I wanted to, you know, people ask, well, why are we staying on this one so long? But, you know, uh, this is healing service. And, you know, I know that people come for a couple of different reasons, you know, to either be more equipped in the Word of God and or just be blessed by a service on Thursday. But there are some here probably that would be likely to say that it has some kind of sickness or disease in their bar. They're fighting something right now. Okay, so this is going to minister to you. We go to doctors all the time when there's something wrong with us, or we think there might be something wrong with us. We feel an ache or a pain or something isn't functioning the way it used to, and we go to doctors, and, and doctors are good. You know what? God ministered. He ministers and anoints pastors and teachers and evangelists and and, and uh, all those people, but he anoints, he anoints uh, physicians too and doctors. They're gifted, just like the pastor is gifted, just like the teacher is gifted. Those people are gifted too. And we go to them and we say, man, I think something's happened. I don't know, something might be out of place or I'm just not feeling right. Something doesn't seem like it is. So we go to them and what do they do? They try to first to determine what's taking place, what might have happened. Because obviously you wouldn't be in my office if something didn't happen. Okay, so they're looking at, if we're breaking this down, they're looking at to see what might have, what might have, uh, how this, how might have this occurred in your body? What maybe took place? And they might like walk you back a couple months and things and see, what's, and then what do they do? They evaluate you and they give you prescriptions or they give you um, different avenues to take to be able to try to remedy that thing. Well, just remember guys, that is as gifted as they are, they're practicing. They're practicing medicine. And, and they're, they're trying to determine the best way of trying to figure out what happened to us and then what's the best remedy to take care of that. So we go to the doctor, okay? We get their reports. We get their help. Sometimes it's just a pill. Sometimes it might be a surgery whatever that may be, and all those things, God has gifted those, those people to do those things. So you don't ever bypass the, the, the doctor's abilities and, and the talents and the gifts that God's put into them. But it's always good to know that after I've been to the physician and been to the doctor or the specialist, that I can have an appointment with the great physician, the great physician, okay? The one who knows all the one that can fix anything. So if I go to my family doctor, it's good to have a family doctor, and I go to them and they, they try to determine what's wrong with me, and then they try to remedy what's wrong with me, hey, always confirm that with the great physician, God Almighty. That's step and discipline number one, is, is putting his word first place, acknowledging him in all our ways, and, and walking in love, and then watching our mouth to not say something contrary to the Word of God. But I heard this as I was preparing. I went, I've had this prepared for a while. I went back and was looking at it this week, and I heard God say to me, He's got parts. You know that God's got parts? <laughs> He's got parts. 
Just like, you know, you go to a parts store for your automobile and get whatever is not working right. God's got parts for you and I. So whatever, it, it may be not be functioning correctly. Maybe you've lost something like hearing or something. I've been on a mission field many times and seen people get their sight back and their hearing back. Listen, he redeemed us from the kingdom of darkness. What's an what's a, what's a eardrum to God? What, what, what's, a, what's a kidney to God? Okay, God's got parts, and that'll be a future message. I'm working on that one. I think that's going to be really good. But don't ever forget God's got parts. When you know Peter whacked that guy's ear off, God had another ear. <laughs> Put it right back on there and got it fixed up. And he, He's such a good God. But there's many things that can contribute to us getting sick. And many things contribute to us ailing us and getting ill. So if there's many things that can contribute to that, that's the whole point I'm trying to make here about going to a doctor or a physician, then it's good to know uh, the, the, the areas where we might be missing it. Because we hear, and so many times we hear uh, of Christians and believers, and especially in the faith camp, where they hear God's word and they see that by his stripes they were healed, and they hear that, and they look at that, and then they expect it to happen just like that. And when it doesn't happen, you know, that can really affect your faith. And people can get, people can get discouraged, and they can, get, they can give up. And there's people that have been walking for a long period of time and, and, and expecting that to happen, and it hasn't happened. Why is that? Is it because God is not his will? We've already studied that. Our, our, our hearts are completely convinced and persuaded that it's God's will to heal everybody all the time. Amen? Amen? That's not a question here. So it's not a matter of God not like doing his part. So we have to look at, and that's why we're talking about the disciplines of faith, there's, is, could there be an area where I'm just not thinking right? Could there be an area where I'm not speaking the right things? Am I not doing what God has called me to do? And always remember, there's a God side and a man side. But either one of those is listed in here, in this Bible. Step number one. So God reveals to us our side, our part, and we do have a part to play, guys. Listen, we have a part to play, and a lot of times this is misinterpreted. But you know what? If we didn't have a part to play, and God was healing uh, everyone all the time, okay, and a manifestation was happening instantaneously, that would be called heaven. <laughs> That's heaven, okay? And, and we know that because when we get up there, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be dandy. But unfortunately, we still live in this world, okay? So things are going to come against us. And we do have a free will. And we can choose to either walk with God or not walk with God. We can choose to believe his report or we can choose to negate his report. And that's what we're going to look at today. Okay? God wants to reveal to us what we need to do. And that's what this Disciplines of Faith is all about. We have a part to play. So as we go through this in the next coming lessons, always remember that God laid out our part for us. It isn't like we have to try to figure that out and try to work at doing that. And the only way that we can do any of this is by the grace of God, right? Amen. By the grace of God, okay? You know, he has graced us with his ability and enablement to be able to walk in these things, receive them, and do them. So this is where we're going to get into it right now. 
a lot of people's misconception is is when you get saved or prayed for that everything changes just like that okay it changes just like that but here's the example of that is say I'm overweight a little bit okay and I get saved well when I come back from the prayer line from getting prayed for or I raise my hand and accept the Lord Jesus Christ am I still overweight yeah have you ever heard anyone that they got saved and they shed pounds after they you know that's a kind of a silly illustration but you know there are miracles that happen and in and, and victory group we've seen people get saved and the addiction uh, curse has been broken just like that and the need for nicotine and alcohol and drugs was broken boom just like that's called a miracle though that's a miracle you have to understand that miracles happen. We believe in miracles. We want miracles. We pray for that all the time before services and everything. But that isn't always the way it occurs. So you cannot get discouraged and get downtrodden or say because a miracle doesn't happen that it didn't happen because it did happen. It did happen. It always works. This word always works. But just like, you know, people can use 2 Corinthians 5, 17, well, if any man be in Christ or woman be in Christ, old things are passed away, all things have become new. Well, Pastor Chris, I raised my hand, I got saved, and I'm still overweight, or I'm still smoking, and I'm still drinking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably that's going to happen, okay? You've been delivered inside. You've been delivered in here where it really matters, Okay? You've been saved. You have been delivered from that. But man, you didn't start smoking yesterday. <laughs> you didn't start drinking yesterday. And God will remove those things from you. In fact, he had removed them from you as soon as you accepted him. But sometimes it takes a little while for you to be able to accept or have knowledge to be able to walk that all out. So the reason I say that is, is I always like to be, try to, to encourage you and be a straight shooter is, is don't, don't get discouraged when things don't manifest just like that. God never said that they would. He never said that they would manifest on the outside like that. Now in here, they have. Okay? And that's where we're going to go today. I want you to really think about that as we're, as we're going through today's lesson. Our words are always producing. Always producing. Either producing the blessing or the curse. Pastor John talked a little bit about this last night if you were in church. The blessing from heaven or the curse from hell. And there's a lot of people that don't want to accept that and they think there's just this idle words or words that don't really affect anything. But that's not the case, guys. It's either going to produce the blessing or the curse. There is no floating around gray area. Okay? Important to see that. Now, you all know this, but blessing is good. Curses is bad, right? Okay? Curses is bad, and blessings are good. You can read in Deuteronomy, the blessing of God and the curses of God. Not curses, the curses that come from living in this world, okay? The blessings of God, you can they're all attainable. They're all unto you and I. All his promises are yes and amen. The curses are just available, though. They're just as available unto you and I. And what determines a lot of that, guys, is what we're going to look today, is our mouth and our tongue. It's going to bring in either the blessing into our life or the curse into our life. Please turn with me, if you will. Let's get in this a little bit. James 3.10. James 3, verse 10. 
not God bringing the curse on us. We know that. God only brings the blessing. So where, how did this curse, how is it able to get in? Uh, we've been bought and paid for. Pastor John talked about last night, we've been redeemed from the curse. So how is that curse being able to affect us while we're still here on this earth? James 3.10 says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brother, and these things ought not to be so. Here's an illustration. I got some, I believe, some illustrations today. Jesus used parables, and I like the way he te- taught because he associates something in the natural with something spiritual that Pastor Chris could grasp and understand. So he's saying in there, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. How can that be? Well, he's saying, my brother and my sister, and these things ought not to be so. So look at it this way, guys. Is we've all done tug of rope when we were smaller or younger maybe, and you all know what that is, a big rope. And over on this side is the blessing, and over this side is the curse. As I speak the blessing of God, as I speak his word, step discipline number one, I'm speaking the word of God, then I'm pulling and I'm catching ground, I'm taking ground. Now, when I speak something contrary to the word of God, it goes over here, gives the enemy place, and the curse is active. So, if, if I'm speaking the blessing of God, and then out of the same breath I'm speaking the cursing of God, okay, what's happened is a stalemate. And you've all been there where each person was pulling, and it looked like nobody was, you know, it was just, just waiting for something to break. And I'm saying to you that a lot of us have got to that place where we're not seeing it. We're not taking ground. Things aren't working the way that we know that they should. The Bible says this, and I'm doing what the Bible says, but I'm saying today is a good indicator if you're at that stalemate and you're not taking any ground is watch what's coming out of your mouth. Because what happens is when you speak the blessing of God, which is so powerful, I want you to see also today that speaking the curse is powerful too. There's power, life, and death in the tongue. And what happens when you're speaking just as much positive as you are negative, it, it's just, it, it, you're in a stronghold. You're in a, you're in an idle state right there. God never intended for you to be in that. We are to be able to yank that rope right out of that hand of the devil. And, and, and how we're going to do that is by speaking God's word. You can negate God's word. You know that? You know that, right? Yeah. And we talk about how powerful God's Word is. And man, there is nothing that is as powerful as God's Word. But you can also speak negatively. You can allow idle words and idle talk. And you can get in conversations with things that you should not be conversing with and about and to people. And you can negate the power of God's Word. In fact, if you stay on this land long enough, you can yank the rope out of God's hands. He'll allow that to happen. Okay? He'll allow that to happen. God's given us a free will. He desires for you and I to always be on this side, speaking His Word, and there isn't even no competition, because that side has been defeated. But we give that side place when we speak contrary to the Word of God. Okay? Let's look at chapter 3. This is another a powerful illustration right here. James chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Now, check this out, guys. I always like to... James is one of my favorite books of the Bible, and why I say that is is because James was the half-brother of Jesus. And, you know, I have two brothers and I have a sister, but, you know, my brothers knew 
Pastor Chris when Pastor Chris was just Chris. <laughs> and they knew Chris when he was, uh, you know, just wasn't doing everything properly and correctly. And they, they observed it. And they observed before, and they observed, dur observed, observed during, and then now they observed, you know, and they still probably wonder how that all took place. But I want you to see that James, the half-brother of Jesus, he watched Jesus before Jesus got anointed with the Holy Spirit in the Jordan River, and he saw Jesus afterwards. He walked with him before and after. And he walked with Jesus before, and you know what? When every other boy was doing things contrary, which boys in, in this earth do, and, and were disobedient one way or another, he observed his brother never doing those things. You know that Jesus never sinned, right? He never disobeyed his parents. He had the opportunity to, but he didn't. So think about James, and think about his other brothers and the boys in the neighborhood. They probably called him Goody Two-Shoes, <laughs> right? That's what I would, I mean, you know, Goody Two-Shoes. But Jesus, Jesus, good boy, obedient, submissive, and what did God do? Raised him to the highest position. Uh, you know, it's just Jesus, man, my hero, uh, our example. Uh, so... I look at James, and, and James was probably very attentive, and when he got to write the book of James by the unction and power of the Holy Spirit, he, uh, man, he could look back and see, uh, man, I, I watched my brother, and man, he never spoke anything negatively, he never spoke disrespectful, he never said anything bad about any situation. He observed that probably didn't understand it all when it was happening. And then when he got anointed with the Holy Spirit in the Jordan River, then his earthly ministry began and he saw miracles happen and stuff. Don't you know that he observed him? Don't you know that he observed him? And the book of James is like a, is a accumulation of what James observed day in and day out. He was with Jesus more than any of those disciples because he grew up with them. And he, and he put that in writing and for us to see. And, and one of the things he addressed was the power of the tongue and, and, and the mouth. And let's look at that right now. In, in James chapter 3, it says, My brethren or sister, let, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. We're not talking about that today, but that's a message in itself. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word... He is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Boy, there's a lot in that one verse right there that, that it says, first of all, that, and, and we do. We could, you know, we are, we stumble. If you don't stumble, that means you have your mouth and tongue in complete order and check, and you're a perfect man. Well, come tell me how you're doing that whenever we're done with class. But, uh, you know, I, I stumble myself. I don't want to. I don't confess that. But I find myself stumbling. And you know what? What I want you to say today, guys, I'm just being totally honest with you. If I trace back and see where I stumbled, it usually was because something come out of my mouth negatively. Something contrary to the Word of God. Or I just got in a conversation that I shouldn't have been in. I just, because I just wanted to be friendly. Yeah, Pastor Chris just wanted to relate to someone and, and, and started talking about something I had no right to talk about. And it opened the door of the devil. I'm just being honest with you. So you can, you can look at those things in your life. But it says that if you can keep this mouth and tongue in, in perfect order, you are a perfect man. And you are able to bridle the whole body. Well, if I'm able to bridle that whole body, that means 
that, that, that I have control over that body and I'm able to tell my body what it can do and what it can't do. So if a sickness or a disease, which I know is contrary to the Word of God, tries to come against this body or come on my body, that says right there that I'm able to bridle the whole body. So what that's saying, what we're going to look at here, is that I can, I can take authority. I can say, no, you will not stay in this body. No, with this tongue, with this mouth, I have the power to say. It's saying right here, that, uh, and as we go on here, let's keep going. Verse 3, indeed we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is also set among our bodies that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. Now, he's getting these insights from his brother and from the unction of the Holy Spirit, but this is what he observed. He observed things happening with the boys in the neighborhood. He observed things happening maybe in his own family. And this is what he's, he's written. This is after observing Jesus. So I think it's just so powerful. For in verse 7, it says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Sounds like Genesis 1, 26, 27 to me, right? Okay? But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, fully of deadly poison. wonder if Jesus ever said that to James. <laughs> you just wonder. I mean, I wonder about those things. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similarity of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. You know, Jesus, that came up one time or another probably, conversation. Does, not, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? No. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? No. Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. You can't have both, guys. If, if, if there's one thing that you, you receive out of today's message, you can't have both. You can't speak negatively and speak positively and hope to get the positive. You can't speak the Word of God and then speak what the world's speaking and get results. It does not work. It cannot be so, according to verse 10. And here's what I want you to see. This is a great example. I do a, a, a lot of counseling now, it seems like, and, and, and meeting with people. And this is such a great illustration. I use it almost every day. In verse number 3 up there, it says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths so they may obey, obey us and turn their whole body. Great illustration here, guys. Listen, uh, my daughter, she's nine, and uh, she's taking horse lessons. And uh, Daddy goes down and watches her, and she's doing English style. She puts a little hat on and big boots. And But what I want you to see is, is she's, she, I go down there, and the first time I went, I was thinking, ah, she's going to be on some little pony or something. And she was on this horse that when I stood, my face was looking at the rear end of the horse. That's how big <laughs> this horse was. I mean, I was like, wow, you're going to put my little daughter on that horse, and she's going to ride that thing? And, yeah, that's what she'd been riding, and she'd been telling me it was a big horse, but this was a big horse, you know? And, and so Lydia's on the horse, and uh, she's been taking lessons for a while now, and she's doing really good. I mean, she's riding English-style 
which means there's nothing to hold on there. <laughs> I need that thing to hold on. But uh, the point that I want to want to make here is, is you know, my little daughter on this beast of a horse, you know, this animal, she can pull that rein this way, and there's a bit and a bridle on the horse, and that horse will turn on a dime, you know, when she takes the authority over it. That big horse listens to my little daughter. Little Lydia weighs probably like 60 pounds soaking wet. You know, I'm talking a couple thousand pound horse. What a great illustration God give us here. And I use this all the time with people. Listen, guys, you're either in one of these two. You're either in, riding on a horse or you're riding on a boat. And if something just come against your body and you just got a bad report, or say you woke up this morning and something wasn't going right in your body, or you woke up and maybe your husband or wife just left you, or your kids were being disobedient something. I want you to see today that God gave us a great example here with this example of the horse and the bridle. If it just occurred, if it just happened in your life, something just happened recently, very just like very close to today, I'm saying to you, that you can grab that reins right now with your tongue and with your mouth and yank on it and watch that horse that was going this way turn around and go this way. You can you do that by the power of your tongue. Your tongue is the bridle, the bit, and the reins. So if I just got a bad report yesterday or I woke up and said, oh, man, I can't move today, then you take authority over there in Jesus' name. You use your mouth, you use your tongue, you find God's promises, and you yank on that thing right now, and you can watch that horse. It doesn't take a long time for a horse to turn around. My little daughter turns that big, mighty horse on a dime. On a dime. So the illustration I'm saying to you is that I think it's a great illustration that God gave me to be able to help people is as if it just came against you. Hey, Yank on that, speak only God's word, watch what you say, and yank on that and turn that thing around. Now, on the other end, you might not be riding a horse, you might be on a big old freight liner. Freight liner. I was laying on the beach this year. We go to Virginia Beach, we try to go there for a couple of days every year. Our family likes that. It's like a family beach, and there's a port there, uh, or a shipyard, and, and I like watching the boats go out. The big old boats go out, and there's an Army, uh, a Navy base there, and and I observed that this year, and, and the Lord gave me the example of the big freight liner. Then. This is actually where I got it. And say you've had a problem now for a long time. Something's been coming against your body, against your family, against your finances, and it's taken a long time, and, and you've been in it for a long time. Then you're on the boat. And, and a boat can be going out to sea, and I observed that, and, I, and the Lord just gave me that example. I was watching those boats go out one after another. And you know what? They go out to sea and they get on the radio and somebody might be saying, hey, we've got a Category 4 hurricane out in front of you. You've got you to turn around. You've got to get out of that way. Don't go into that. So he has the option, captain. We're talking some of these ships for three, four football fields, that big. Okay? He determines in his mind, I don't want to go that way anymore. I want to go this way. What happens is, as he turns that wheel, he's made a decisive decision. I'm turning the wheel on that big old freight liner, little rudder that might be as big as Bob would know, as big as that table, taking that big freight liner, and he turns it. But does it turn on a dime? Come on, guys. Does it turn on a dime? The storm is out of front of him, and you might be going through a storm right now, and you might be facing that bad boy for a long time. But if you make that decision as that captain did, 
I'm telling you, in God's mind, when he spoke to the captain and said, there's a storm out ahead, turn around. When he turned that wheel, it was a done deal. But it takes a while for that big old boat to get turned around. Why? Why is it any different than the horse? Because at the horse, this is something that just happened. You can take control over that right away and yank the cords right out from underneath that sickness and disease. If this is something you've been walking in for a long time, this is not my example, this is an example here. We're looking at a big old ship. In your mind, when you turn that wheel, you have to determine, I am not going that way anymore. I'm going this way. And you know what? It's going to take a little while for this big old boat to get turned around, but I am heading in that direction, and I am heading in that direction when I decided to turn the wheel. So don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. You will, you're, you're turning. You've turned the minute you turned it. That boat does not make even a, 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 a right-hand turn for a long period of time. But that captain, in his mind, he's telling the crew, boys, we're going this way. And they're okay. We're going this way because I turned the wheel. I'm not going that way anymore. So what I'm saying to you is if you've been going through a struggle for a long time, and, man, this has encouraged lots of people because sometimes we've been in the thick of it for a while and we can't see our way out. And for me to give you an illustration to pull the reins and start speaking and things will turn just like that, that wouldn't be right. That would be an unrealistic expectation for you. You would not be, you know, you would be discouraged and come back and, and maybe curse Pastor Chris. I don't know. But I, I wouldn't want you, you know, I'm trying to say to you that don't you give up. In fact, the next discipline, which is probably in a couple of teachings after this, is, is standing. That's one of the disciplines of faith is standing. Okay? That captain, knowing there's a Hurricane 5 out there in front of him, does not turn the wheel and because he doesn't turn 180 degrees in two minutes, start getting down on his hands and knees and crying and whining, Lord, we're going to die, we're going to die. No, he knows I've already turned this wheel. This big old boat's turning around. We're going to be going in the opposite direction. I can't believe it's 6 after 11 already. So... One more thing, because <laughs> this is a biggie. Proverbs, did you receive that, though, yes. about the boat? And don't forget that. Don't just think of a boat and think of a, a, a horse and go to James. So go Proverbs with me, 26.20. Proverbs 26.20. I'll try to get through this real, real quick with you here, but this is a biggie. This is a real biggie with all of us. Proverbs 26.20 says, Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no tail-bearer, strife ceases. Now, I, I started and took a little time saying about going to the doctor and him trying to you know, evaluate what might have taken place, the, why you're sick. And then he tries to give you then the prescription to take care of that sickness or that disease. This is what we're talking about right here. Is I, these, these are things that can help you. This is like going to the doctor and getting your prescriptions. And this is a big one right here, guys. It says, Proverbs 26, 20, it says, Where there's no wood, the fire goes out, and where there's no tailbearer, the strife ceases. A tailbearer is nothing more than a tattletale. In my language, when I grew up, it was called redneck. If you were constantly, you know, uh, telling everything on everybody and tattletale and stuff, you were called a redneck. I know that that, that term has changed uh, uh, meaning since then, but 
what I'm talking about here, and this is so powerful. I said, I said Lord, what do you want me to share on that? What's the importance of that? Here's what I want you to see, guys. And, and, and you're going you're gonna to see this after we look at this just very briefly. It says, where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where there's no tail bearer or tattletale, strife ceases. Strife is one of the worst things that can be in your family, in your personal life, in a church, in a business, in anything. Strife equals stress. They're the same, they're the same uh, heads, on the, they're the two sides of the same coin. Stress and strife are two sides to the same coin. When you say strife, it's referring to stress. When you say stress, you're referring to strife. And I'm telling you guys, that the majority of sickness and disease in the body of Christ is because of stress and strife. And it should not be so. And, and, and we're going to look at very, very briefly here. God says... Where there is strife or where there is stress, there is every evil thing. Man, that's pretty powerful, right? So we already know that sickness and disease is evil, right? So we could say where there's sickness, where there's disease, where there's calamity, where there's lack, that, that you could associate that with stress and strife. Not everybody would, and it, I'm not talking about every single time, but I'm saying if you look back, and I look back in my life, you can see it's stress, and you're being stressed out. You know, the medical field has determined when we're stressed out about things, about decisions, about our family members, or about what, money, finances is a big one, relationships, they determined that that stress creates... Uh, I don't know, it creates things in your body to, to start the sickness and disease. The, the medical field, not godly medical field, I'm talking just the medical field in general is determined that stress can cause disease to, to attack the body. It actually like allows it to enter in. And strife and stress are, 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 are two powerful twins that are coming against the body of Christ, coming against us, and we should have no place in them. We should not allow them in any way, shape, or form. Stress, I, I can't be, I, I got the peace of God. You have the peace of God on the inside of you. We have the God of peace that surpasses all understanding. I might not have total understanding about it, but I got the peace of God. In fact, I believe I'm a minister of peace. You are a minister of peace. And I have so much peace because I have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I'm willing to impart peace into you just as Jesus did. And that's what we are, that's what I'm talking about, the good news of Christmas and being able to do those things. But strife and stress is evil. And this is healing service, so give it no place. Strife and stress, for the most part, is activated by words. By words. If you really, I want you to meditate on this last little bit before we get out of here today, guys, or as you're going home and as you're seeing it. Stress and strife are activated for the most part by words. Somebody said something to you. Somebody didn't agree with you. Somebody said so, somebody didn't say something to you. You thought they should have said hello when you walked by. And stress and strife enters in. And, and like I can't believe they wouldn't talk to me. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe my my husband didn't do that. I can't. 
hey, all that stress and strife. And what it does, guys, is it causes division. Strife causes division. There is nothing good in stress and strife. God said every evil thing is accompanied with stress and strife. So if I expound on that very briefly, if I allow stress and strife, which is division, the Bible is very clear. It just keeps progressing worse and worse. It says that, that a, a family can't stand. A, kin, a kingdom can't stand. Uh, a, a ministry cannot stand. And if you look back at every division in a church and every division in a family where there's been divorce, uh, it is be originated with strife and stress. And how that, orig that strife and stress originated, as is, is the Lord showed me, was is by words. By words. Listen, if I could just keep my mouth shut, I wouldn't get in an argument with Jer. <laughs> right? I mean, I just keep my mouth shut. I, you know. So, if we take just a little bit of correction, I'll leave that off and we'll pick that back up next time, is, is don't allow stress and strife into your family, into your business, into the ministry that God's called you, because you all are ministers. Don't allow that in there, because what it does is it causes division, and it also opens up the door to every evil thing. And sickness and disease is evil. Division is evil. Okay? I don't want to end on that note. So uh, I'm going to speak the blessing over you. And I pray you guys have a great Christmas. We love you and we appreciate you. And uh, I just speak the blessing of God. And, and, and you're on your Christmas and on your families. And, and just pray you have a blessed time this year. And, and come back with a, a new zeal for the new year and that we're going to go for it and, and everything that God's called for us to do and to be, we're just going to be so excited about because we get a little break and it's just going to be a good time, amen? 2012 is going to be the best year that you guys ever had. Amen. We decree that to be so. We speak that and we won't allow nothing else contrary to come out of our mouths. So... If something tries to come against you, something tries to come and say something contrary to that, well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. We decreed on this day in healing service, Thursday, 2011, that 2012 is going to be the best year of our lives. Amen? Amen. I already love you guys. Appreciate you. Pastor, we will be meeting next Thursday. No.